All right. Welcome to the Dishmaster. Hi, Mark. What's up? So we on the last podcast said we were going to cover Roe v. Wade, but I am just far too busy slash lazy if those two things can exist at the same time to prepare for it. I will do it, but today we're just going to have an easy breezy day. We're going to cover pop culture topics. Most of them have a legal slant, so we're staying in line with our theme. So I think it'll be great. What are your thoughts, Mark? Sounds good. Sounds like the dog ate my homework. Before we get into it, I have to tell you what I did last night. So I went to the comedy store mm -hmm. and... Did you buy some comedy? God. You can cut that out. <laughs> so I went to the comedy store and there was a surprise appearance. You know how this happens where yeah, a big yeah. star will come in and descend upon the comedy store. And it was... Ali Wong. Oh, wow. Big deal. Whoa. It was so amazing. I saw Sebastian Maniscalco. Whitney Cummings was there working out material. Andrew Santino, which Andrew Santino was a weird experience for me. Santino got so many laughs and the actual content of his jokes were not that creative. I just thought it was bizarre. And he cursed a lot. He was really angry on stage. So I guess his delivery and his voice maybe carried him through. But do you ever have an experience where you look around at the audience and you're like, what am I missing? Why is everybody laughing at this stuff? This is not very funny. But back to Ali Wong, she was so good. I will say, and I'm curious for your take on this. She's gotten increasingly more sexual as her specials have continued the third special in particular was very raunchy and very sexual and i know that there is this floating complaint that men can be sexual on stage and women can't and when women do it people go why do you want to talk like a but i don't know that that's true anymore it just almost feels too much there were a lot of jokes in there that were very funny and mm -hmm. creative which i won't repeat but i'll tell you offline because they were so good i can't agree or disagree with that without hearing the jokes but i think as a category i think it's totally fine to have a crack at sexual experiences sexual awkwardness sexual frustration i don't think there's many jokes to be had about sexual pleasure <laughs> it just it takes a lot to make me laugh. And I think the jokes have to be creative. You have to make me mm -hmm. think of something in a way I hadn't thought of it before. And then Whitney Cummings, who is a baffling human being, because on her podcast, I would classify her as very needy and insecure. Uh, you mm -hmm. and I played the episode where she was hitting on Anthony Jeselnik and I kind of mm -hmm. came for her and said it was a very thirsty episode and I was like Whitney you're a titan like you shouldn't be hitting on a man this way like he should really want you you know but but I would describe her podcast as being insecure and when she gets on stage she is such a titan that it's almost a confusing juxtaposition she comes on stage and she says hi everyone I just did a special so I burned through all my material. So everything I'm going to do today is new. And she goes, I'm just trying stuff out. And it felt like a special. It was <laughs> so good. I don't know what that is. I don't know how somebody could be so different in two different spaces like that, where you would think 
this is a th- kind of insecure person. And then she gets on stage and dominates to the point where she kind of trounces every other person who came on stage and her material is not even fleshed out. That's fascinating. You know, people may compartmentalize areas where they think they're weak, like romance. Right. And just have a different demeanor in those situations. And then she's just really confident about her work. Yeah, I got accused of this the other day by someone really close to me because I was dating somebody and I got really insecure about, do you still like me? Mm -hmm. And it obviously, you know, the story, it ended terribly. But one of my friends said to me, you're so confident in every area of your life. And then when you're dating somebody who gives a shit if they like you, if they don't fuck them. Yeah, move on. Move on. Why would yeah next why would you even want somebody who didn't like you that means they're so dumb do you want to date a dumb person you know it's just i don't know that's a great point yeah maybe i am in this same umbrella as whitney cummings like there's these two people one is uber confident and one is an insecure needy bitch and i have to work on the (laughs) latter you know you two should talk i know i think we would be friends i think Um, you would too okay so Let's get into our pop culture topic. Starting off on the legal theme, let's jump into what's going on with Beyonce, because I thought this was really interesting. So Beyonce releases her new album, which is Mm -hmm. called Renaissance. And of course, it's Beyonce. So she really doesn't do any promotion or talk or do any interviews. All she needs to do is really drop the album. Everybody goes nuts. She can do no wrong. Turns out she can do wrong, actually. Oh, no. What happened? She used a sample of Milkshake on the song Energy. And that sample comes from Khalees. So Khalees is an artist that a lot of people feel never really got her due. And that particular song that's being sampled. This is the My Milkshake Brings Other Boys to the Yard song? Yes, that's the song. So this song was written by the Neptunes, which is Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. You must have heard of them. They produce every massive song ever. Definitely Um, Pharrell, yeah. Yeah, so... What happened is when Beyonce samples the song, she only needs permission from the songwriters in order to sample the song. And those songwriters are Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. So Khalees didn't know the song was going to be sampled. She found out from social media and was very unhappy about it. But it's a multi-layered complaint because even though technically Beyonce is not legally required to notify Khalees of using the song because she's not a songwriter. So she doesn't need clearance from her. It for Khalees doesn't sit right. One, because she thinks as a courtesy, she should have been told either by the Neptunes or by Beyonce herself. That's the first complaint, which is more of a morality, ethical complaint. And then the second complaint is a little bit legal, which is that she feels she was owed songwriting credit. And at that time, she was 19 years old and signed a contract relinquishing that credit and feels that she really got screwed over in that contract. And so this brings up an unsettling feeling about the fact that she was sort of, in her opinion, pushed out of the songwriting credit that she feels she rightfully deserved. So here's her talking about it. So you don't need the permission of the person on the track. You need a permission for 
the license, which usually comes from the record label. So the owner of the recording, because you remember Taylor Swift re-recorded her masters, so she would then mm-hmm. own them. And then you need permission for the underlying composition, which is the publisher. So that's the songwriter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's Khalees talking about it. Here's the first <laughs> issue, okay? Number one, I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive about my shit. The reality is, okay, is that my real beef is not only with Beyonce, because at the end of the day, She sampled a record, she's copied me before, so have many other artists, it's fine, I don't care about that. The issue is, is that not only do, are we female artists, okay, black female artists in an industry that we, there's not that many of us, right? We've met each other, we know each other, we have mutual friends, it's not hard, she can contact, right? It's common decency. I know what I own and what I don't own. I also know the lies that were told. I also know the things that were stolen. Publishing was stolen. People were swindled out of rights. It happens all the time, especially back then. So it's not about me being mad about Beyonce. She should have at least reached out. But the real issue is Pharrell and Chad. Pharrell knows better. This is a direct hit at me. He does this stuff all the time. It's very petty. Very, very, very. And the reality is, is that it's frustrating. I have the right to be frustrated. Why? Because no one had the human decency to call and be like, yo, hey, would like to use your record. I know it was on purpose. This is not like some, oh, they were in the studio and it was great. No, no, this was an on purpose, direct hit, which is very passive aggressive. It's very petty, it's very stupid. And I'm gonna say what I have to say. I don't mince my words. It's not about me being jealous, jealous of someone using my song. That's the dumbest, most ignorant thing I've ever heard. Okay, so I like her. Do you Mm -hmm. like her? Yeah, she has a good point. I think like there were mixed reviews online about this because people were saying, well, you're a hater, right? You're coming for Beyonce. This is silly. You didn't even own the track. You're trying to create a stir where there isn't one. But I completely agree with her. I think in the case of Beyonce, you get to a point in your career where you're just a machine and people are handing you stuff to sing. I don't know how involved she is in the creation of her new record, but I I think she probably didn't think about it. Maybe if I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt here and you need to think about these things, you can't just let people dictate decisions for you and not have a mind of your own and say, maybe I should call her and tell her what's up. Yeah. The only excuse not to do so would be if someone lied to her and said, yes, taken care of. We already reached out. That might've happened. Maybe behind the scenes, they said, Hey, we took care of everything. I just think people get so famous and big and busy that they lose the human component of all of this. By the way, this is not an legal theme, but did you see Will Smith's apology? I haven't seen it yet. I read the transcript though. Should I play it? Yeah. I'm really curious what you think. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? I was fogged out by that point. I've reached out to Chris and the message that came back is that he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. So I will say to you, uh, Chris, I apologize to you. My behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I just didn't realize how many people got hurt in that moment. I want to apologize to Chris's family, specifically Tony Rock. We had a great relationship. Tony Rock was my man, and this is probably irreparable. 
I spent the last three months replaying and understanding the nuances and the complexities of what happened in that moment. I'm not going to try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or insults. After Jada rolled her eyes, did she tell you to do something? No, I made a choice on my own from my own experiences, from my history with Chris, Jada had nothing to do with it. What are your thoughts? I can't say that I don't believe him that he's sorry. I believe that he's sorry. Um, yeah, but it doesn't cut it, right? But why doesn't it cut it? I can't quite figure it out. Because we have this distrust of celebrities, especially actors who can put on like a role. There's the distrust, perhaps, naturally, that he may be just doing what he needs to do to check off a box and get his career back in shape. Uh, I think for me, I feel that this is being presented as if he had a fight with a guy and he overreacted. I shouldn't have behaved that way. Someone insulted my wife and I punched him in the face and that's not cool. And I apologize. But it was so beyond that and nuts and almost borderline mentally ill that I feel like there's so much more to this than just I lost my top in a moment. He was crying hysterically in his speech. He was unhinged. There's so much more that he's not saying. My marriage is on the fritz. I'm an inch away from divorce. You know what I mean? Like something that would have caused you to be that irresponsible and unhinged. And that's what he's not saying. I guess what you're getting down to is why did he get up and walk onto the stage and slap Chris Rock in the face? He's saying, I'm not going to unpack all that right now. Right, exactly. He's not explaining what got him so upset in that moment. A lot of people have intimated that he had been on the award circuit for some time by that point, And people had cracked multiple jokes about his wife and their open marriage. And he reached a breaking point with that. I think if you were honest about that, it's not enough. It just isn't. If he does go up and say, look, this is what was going through my mind in the moment. I think that would be a good thing to do. It's a catch 22, though, because there are going to be people who say, well, now you're trying to excuse it. Yeah, that's the other thing I, I wanted to ask you about. So you obviously have been in long-term relationships, as have I. And one of the things that has happened to me time and time again is if I lose my cool with somebody and I apologize and I say, look, I had a terrible day at work. I was so stressed out. And when you did this thing that annoyed me, the punishment didn't fit the crime because I was so stressed out from the day. Inevitably, the person that I'm with will say, that is not an excuse you are trying to excuse your behavior by saying you were stressed out from the day. And I'm like, doesn't context matter? So, so yeah, it I, does. I think it does, but it depends how it's delivered though. Like you can't say, I'm sorry I did that, but do you know why I did it? I did it because you did this. That's blaming the victim. If you say, 
look, I'm so sorry I did that and it was wrong. And there is no excuse for it. But if it can help to understand why I did it, there is some context to what I was feeling in the moment. And if you'd like to hear that, okay, but it doesn't change the fact that it's inexcusable. You know what, Mark, you might've solved my problem. I like this idea of if you'd like to hear that, let me know, but I don't want to offer it if that's something that's not going to help the situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next sort of legal topic here. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Spacey owes $31 million to the maker of the house of cards. A private arbiter found in 2020 that he had breached his contract by violating the company's sexual harassment policy. I'm all for this. I don't have a ton to say about it, but I'm really into this wave of accountability for defamation, for breach of contract. I feel like with the Amber Heard trial, now we're like, you can't lie to people. Oh, also, if you sexually harass people, you're going to owe $31 million. Like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. Not even to the victim, right? This is to your employer. Yeah, to your employer who you shut down the set, you ruined the last season of the show, you cost them an enormous amount of money. This is like a weird segue, but did you read about Alex Jones? He owes massive compensatory and punitive damages for his conspiracy theory to the Sandy Hook, Mm -hmm. um, the family of the victim saying it was all a hoax and they were in on it. But again, truth exists, facts exist, like You can no longer pull this Donald Trump business and go fake news. You know that quote, like you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Yeah. Did you see the moment where the lawyer like found the text, had the text messages that he claimed didn't exist? Yeah. So, so when he was on cross-examination, the lawyer pulls up text messages and I guess Alex's Jones, Alex Jones's team accidentally sent them to the other lawyer, which you and I both know, like this happens all the time in regular life. Like you're bad mouthing someone and then you think of them and you accidentally send the text to the other person. I don't know if you've ever done that, Never. But no. I've done it. Uh, and so I really, obviously that was a great moment where he was like, you know, your lawyer sent all of the text messages you said you don't have and don't exist to me. But what was interesting about that was that Alex Jones was trying to argue freedom of speech, but they didn't even get to test it out because he didn't comply with any of the court orders. So they just went straight to damages, basically. Mm. So it just was very odd. But he's lost now four defamation cases that were filed against him by the families of 10 victims of the shooting. And he lost those cases by default. Because he didn't mount a defense? Or how do you you lose Because he failed to produce documents and testimony ordered by the court. So they Mm. ordered a default judgment against him. It would have been interesting to see. He would have lost the free speech argument for sure. But I love testing out the free speech argument like we did with Amber Heard, which was, I'm entitled to say Johnny Depp's an abuser. Well, no, not if it's a lie. You know, so speaking of which, I'm all over the place, but... Her team is appealing the verdict and his team is appealing that one count that Mm -hmm. she won on. And I think it would be such sweet justice if in the appeal, he wins back that $2 million. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm into the accountability. Okay. Next topic, which is another one that I'm so crazy about. Did you hear about Jon Stewart getting the PACT Act passed? Yes. uh, Yes. That's awesome. 
I thought it was awesome too. So the PACT Act is an act that is for veterans who were subject to the effects of burn pits, which is basically burning trash um, in close proximity to where they were sleeping and staying and living. And a lot of people have died from the residual effects of these burn pits. And so this is basically like a healthcare bill that originally passed and then they voted it down, I guess, um, in a 55 42 defeat. And then John Stewart lost his mind because he was like, it passed in the Senate. Am I right about this? Well, it had gone through the Senate and passed and there was a procedural vote. There's like some sort of procedural thing. Like it has to go, there has to be a roll call. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just exposing my ignorance, but there's some like dotting your I's and crossing your T's thing that had to be done. And that required a vote also. And in that vote, it got voted down. And that's why he was like, wait a minute, you were ready to pass this. What happened? Right. And so according to John Stewart, Senator Toomey convinced everybody to change their vote. And I kept trying to figure out why he would do that, because on John Stewart's tirade, he was just calling Senator Toomey evil. But then I looked it up and it says that Democrats accuse Republicans of blocking the legislation as retribution because the vote took place after the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin announced a deal on climate. Mm-hmm. So it was retaliatory. So then John Stewart gets on every talk show because he's John Stewart and just starts screaming at them. And he's standing outside the White House holding press conference after press conference, calling Senator Toomey evil, calling Ted Cruz evil. And then they respond by saying, There was a budget gimmick baked into the bill to spend money on bullshit. And then Jon Stewart goes back on every talk show and says, there's no budget gimmick. Read the bill yourself. It's not there. They're just saying that to make themselves look good. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up flipping it and it comes out with an 86-11 victory. So my question is, is Jon Stewart the only celebrity that can move the needle because a lot of celebrities will raise money for causes and things like that to kind of make themselves look good. But John Stewart was taking this to the next level. This is alpha in all the healthy ways, as opposed mm-hmm. to like toxic masculinity, alpha. This is like alpha unafraid to fight for what you believe in. And you're behind the right cause. Mm-hmm. You know? Not taking any bullshit. Yeah. Versus yelling at the person in fr- that cut in front of you in line. And you're like, whoa, you've got a temper. <laughs> yeah. He's doing great work. I need to date someone like that. All right. Final story. We've got five minutes. Yeah. I sent you this article about celebrities who are now under fire for flying private. Mm-hmm. And one of those celebrities is Taylor Swift. And they said that she emitted more than 800 tons of carbon since January and there are other culprits, but she's number one. And this whole thing started because Kylie Jenner posted a photo on Instagram of two jets, one of her and one of Travis Scott. And she said, should we take mine or yours? Basically bragging and everyone went nuts. And then Taylor Swift team says, well, Taylor loaned her jet out to other individuals. This is not all Taylor. Well, so you're an aider and a better and ruining our planet. That's better. If I was Taylor Swift, I'd fly private. Mark, you would also be a climate criminal if you did that. 
I'm sorry, yeah. but our planet is warming. Have you walked outside lately? We're fucked. Oh yeah. Oh, I understand. We're yeah, fucked, for and sure. these people are contributing. It's a good to thing it. I'm not a billionaire. I will say that I can understand the frustration where we're directing our energy toward celebrities and not our legislators. However, it also should be brought up that people mm -hmm. are reckless and that flying private is a reckless act to endanger our environment. And it's not okay. And I'm not here for it. And I think Taylor Swift does this thing where she's Miss Innocent and, oh, woe is me. Everybody comes for me and just stays quiet and her fan base is loyal and that's that. And it's not okay. Why don't you be Jon Stewart and stand for something? I'd rather be Jon Stewart than Taylor Swift, but I wouldn't turn down being Taylor Swift. <laughs> Why would you fly private? You don't want to be bothered? Yeah. The older I get, the less bothered I want to be. And if I were a celebrity that would get mobbed everywhere I went, I'd want to fly private. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, well. Fly with a bodyguard. Change the rules then. Fly Sorry. with a bodyguard. I'd fly private. Oh, my God. Change the rules. Yeah, I'm going to drive right up to the plane. Oh my God. I'm my chauffeur. I know I am. I know I am. I just can't lie to you. I don't want to do that. All right, Mark. Thank you for being here. Guys, look, I will cover a big legal topic for you, but I just don't have it in me. I got dumped a week ago. I'm still recovering. I'm sorry to hear that. I, no, it's fine. It's fine. He did us both a favor. I'll realize that soon enough. <laughs> that is true. I co-signed that, that comment for sure. I'm on the other side of it. You know what? Life is good. Tell your friends about our podcast. It's the dish master. Find me on anywhere. Podcasts are streamed. Word of mouth is everything. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, Mark. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.